my name is Kinsey Morris, and I'm a senior natural resources and conservation major with a music minor, and I'm from Amarillo, and I'm so excited to be, have this opportunity to share my testimony with y'all today. And as an interactive question, I want y'all to raise your hands if you love animals like me. Okay, for those of you that didn't raise your hand, I will add you to my prayer list. Um, <laughs> But in all seriousness, I think that almost everyone connects with animals in some way, even if it's a childhood pet. Um, even in Genesis chapter 1, when God gave the, one of the first commands to Adam and Eve, it was to take care of the world and the garden, including the, first, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the creatures on the ground, and kind of making them the first park rangers of the planet. And if that's the case, then Noah is the first zookeeper of the world. And... Um, the Noah's Ark story is my favorite Bible story. It has been important to my own faith journey and my own journey to become a zookeeper. As my mom struggled with infertility, she leaned into her faith, believing that God would keep his promise to her for a baby. And just like Noah, that belief became action as she gathered Noah's Ark items for her nursery, even before I was conceived. And my mom's faith still continues to shape my life, and she's even here today supporting me. And today I want to look at three attributes in the story that point to God's character and wonder and has given me encouragement in my own life. Noah's faithfulness, God's protection, and the Spirit's guidance. So first, let's take a look at Noah's faithfulness. The Noah story is described in Genesis 5-9. through And Lamech, Noah's son, names Noah, which that name means comfort and rest. And as we go through the story, you will see how God gave comfort to Noah through the chaos of the world. So for context, before the flood, the human heart became sinful and full of violence, and they grew comfortable in that. But God hated that, and so he decided to wipe the earth of creation with a worldwide flood. But Genesis 6-9 says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. He told Noah that the flood was coming and he told Noah to build an ark, and he gave him dimensions and directions on how to build it so that he can save Noah, his family, seven pairs of each kind of clean animal and bird, and one pair of unclean animal to go on the ark. And verse 22 says Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now I'm going to jump over to Hebrews 11 and read verse 1 and verse 7. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By faith, Noah... When warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And I find it interesting that the verse says, things not yet seen. What is that referring to in the Noah story? Well, some say that it might suggest that rain or boats didn't exist before the flood. So let's take a look at both of these points. Concerning rain, before the creation of man, God used a mist to naturally hydrate the ground. But the Bible does not confirm or deny the existence of rain before the flood. But either way, the magnitude of the flood was an unseen concept until the flood occurred on the world. And again, the Bible does not confirm or deny the existence of boats before the flood. But again, either way, the ark was an unseen concept before the flood. And the Bible doesn't give Noah's thoughts or perspective when he was given this task to build the ark, but it describes his actions and that he obeyed God with reverent fear and obedience. And something else interesting concerning Noah's faithfulness if there was no rain or boats before the flood, that adds even more meaning to his faith. He might have been thinking something like, God, this is the biggest Lego build I've ever done in my entire life. 
but I trust you, and I know you have this in, in your plan. And I also wonder what people around him thought if he was ridiculed for wasting resources and decades of his life building this, this structure that seemed pointless. As Noah was ple- pleading with them, turn from your judgment, turn from your sin, because judgment is literally going to rain on you, as they ignored him until the very end when the ark shut and the flood waters ran. So now I'm going to turn to the second point, God's protection. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Enoch, Noah's great-grandfather, walked faithfully with God, and he was taken to heaven because of it. And Hebrews eleven six explains that Enoch was taken away because he, was, he pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Following Enoch's example, Noah's family followed God, and it's because of Noah's faith that they were saved in God's protection. Even when the world around them followed sin, Noah's family stood their ground and declared their faith. There are blessings within generational faithfulness. I have been prayed over by many before me. I am a sixth-generation believer in my family, and without my family's diligent prayers, I know I wouldn't be standing up here sharing my faith testimony with you today. And I have been blessed to grow in this environment, but it wasn't my family's faith that made me a Christian. It was my own faith. Just because your family members believe in Christ, it doesn't give you a free pass to heaven when you don't have your own relationship with God. It is up to each and every person to call upon the Lord and surrender their lives to them freely and fully. Enoch's faith didn't save Noah. Noah's faith saved Noah. So back to God's protection in the ark. Noah's family was on the ark for almost a full year. That is a long time to wait in that cramped boat. When the waters rose, God didn't take them completely out of the floodwaters. They floated on them. They were carried through the trials, not around them. They may have felt the crashing waves and the rushing waters, but God sustained them through it all. And if you're a Christian, the Bible doesn't say that you don't endure trials, but God carries us through it, and it builds relationship with him as we rely on him through it all. And even as everything around them was being destroyed, God sustained them and kept them safe. So when you endure trials, hold fast. Now finally, I want to talk about the Spirit's guidance. So now... Now, the Bible talks about two birds that were released from the ark to check if the land was dry, but only one brought back proof. Can anyone shout out which bird brought back the olive leaf for me? Dove, good job. Yeah, y'all are smart. All right, the, the raven flew back and forth till the earth dried, but the dove was the one that brought back proof. And in chapter 8, verse 11, it says, When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. And to summarize the rest of the story, when they were released from the ark, Noah made an altar to God using one pair of each of the clean animals. And God made a generational covenant with Noah and the animals. In chapter 9, it says, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God set a rainbow in in the sky as a sign of this covenant that is still true to this day. When there's a rainbow in the sky, remember that God still sees you, and he still loves his creation. But why the dove? I've wondered that as a kid, but I don't believe in mere coincidence. 
I think it's a symbolism for the Holy Spirit. In fact, all four Gospels at Jesus' baptism describes the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. After he came out of the water, the Spirit of God descended in bodily form like a dove and rested on him. The fact that it's in all four Gospels is amazing and should be taken note. And there's a song called The Dove from The Belonging Co. featuring Carrie Job. Oops, sorry. Featuring Carrie Job. And I'm going to read verse 2, summarizing it, because I think this verse summarizes perfectly what I've been trying to say. When sin had spoiled creation, the Creator sent a flood. On the cusp of new beginning, He again released the dove. And after all the searching, it found a place to land on Christ, the perfect Son, who would redeem it all again. Looking for the branches, it landed on the vine, the one for our redemption, who would bridge eternal life. So in summary, God keeps his promises. I love talking about this story because it reminds me that God keeps his promises to all who believe in him. Noah, by faith, found comfort in God through the storm and the waiting and the celebration after. And God was with him the entire time, and he's with us as well. No matter the trials or the persecution you endure, you are safe in his presence. God wants to be your ark of salvation. If you are a believer in Christ, the spirit that lives inside you is guiding you daily. And all you have to do is be attentive to what he's showing you. And finally, the Holy Spirit offers guidance to those who accept his gift. Follow your dove and accept the olive leaf he is trying to give you. The Lord be with you this day, and you are dismissed. Thank you.